0: you're listening to trinity fremont 's sermon podcast where you can hear god 's word preached each and every week our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities we pray that as you listen to this week 's sermon you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do as it's mother's Day this weekend and I was thinking back to uh, my mom and uh, the way that she raised me and continues to raise me uh, uh, my mom always pointed me towards that voice of truth. I was, uh, I, I was blessed to have a mom and a dad who pointed me to Jesus, who who made sure I was in worship uh, every week, and if we weren't there, it was because something crazy had happened. Uh, but but a mom that that pointed me to Jesus, a mom that, that that reminded me to keep on looking to Him, to keep reading His Word, to to seek to listen to the voice of truth. Uh, but no matter how well my mom did that. Satan's also really good at what he does, right? And Satan likes to sow seeds of doubt, and Satan likes to twist the voice of truth into a different voice. Uh, and so uh, I, I know my mom loved me, I know my dad loved me, and, and they never said anything differently, but there were lots of times growing up where I felt like I had to earn that love. Or if not earn it, keep it. Like I had to, to be the kind of person that was able to keep that love for my parents and again I put that on myself my parents didn't say that they didn't, they didn't encourage that but that's what I put on myself but to just give you a little bit of example of, of the bar that was set for me the, my, a little bit of my history my brother was three years older than me so when he was a senior in high school I was a freshman in high school and so I came into a high school following a brother who was a valedictorian and a homecoming king yeah that was the bar right? And so every class that I went to, I was Jacob's little brother. And so I had to live up to that each and every day. And, and so when I got through with my high school career only being a valedictorian and on the homecoming court, I was a failure. Instead of being able to celebrate some incredible opportunities and some uh, incredible recognition, I wasn't good enough in my own eyes because I had not lived up to that bar that was set for me. And so, even again, as I looked to God's word, there were some times where I would read God's word and and the voice of truth wasn't what was coming into my head, it was Satan who was twisting those words uh, to speak to me words of discouragement and words of anxiety. And so I would read verses like what we started with John 14, verse 15, that says, "'If you love me, you will keep my commandments.'" And I would read a verse like that, and my anxiety would skyrocket, especially if I read that verse at the wrong time. Like if I just messed up, and then I come into church, and that verse is being preached, and now that verse is absolutely crushing, because I didn't keep God's commandments, so I must not love Him, or I must not love Him enough. But what it took me a really, 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 really long time to realize is that Satan was twisting those words, and, and the words on the page were different than the words that were going into my brain, and so I was reading it wrong. Instead of reading the actual John fourteen fifteen, what I was hearing was, if you could keep my commandments, then I will love you. If you do all the right things, I was hearing, Jesus, and it wasn't Jesus who was saying it, again, right? It was, it was Satan twisting his words. I was hearing, if you keep my commandments, I will love you. If you do all the right things, then I will show my love for you. And so, as I was reading this, I'm like, well, it's impossible. I can never do enough to earn God's love, and it is impossible. That's kind of the point. Not, not only was it impossible for me, not only is it impossible for you, but we go back to the very first two humans, they only had one command to keep. Do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they couldn't even keep that commandment. Why? Because again, Satan twisted the voice of truth and made it say something different and twisted God's word, and so this, right, it is not that if you keep my commands, then I will love you, right, but, but when, when Adam and Eve, when they, when, they, when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they broke the relationship that man and God had, they broke that perfect relationship and built a chasm that was too deep for any of us to ever cross over, We've tried, right? We, we, we try and live up to perfection, but we continue to fail over and over again. And God knew that. And God knew that we could never attain that. So even from that moment when Adam and Eve sinned, God promised a Savior, and he sent that Savior in Jesus to, to build that bridge, to bridge the gap back to God. And it wasn't, it's not by what we did. He didn't add more commandments to make it possible he came to live and to keep the commandments that we are unable to keep. And then he, he ended up being hung on a cross, and at all of those times that we have failed to keep the commandments, those were all placed on his shoulders. And then he, he lowered his head and he breathed his last, and in doing so, he took your sins and mine to the grave. But he didn't stay in the grave, right? Three days later, he rose from the dead, and in doing so, he destroyed death, and he, he, he forgave you all of your sins. He forgave you all of those times that you were unable to keep the commandments. And if you remember last week, we're continuing here in John chapter 14, and it, it started in John 14. Uh, it, it's in the middle of Jesus on Maundy Thursday right, the night that he was betrayed. And so he's teaching his disciples because he knows that this is the last time that he's he's gonna be able to teach them before he goes to the cross. And so in the midst of that, he's he's telling his disciples what it should look like. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. To go back to my story again, when Satan twisting those words, it took me a long time to really fully grasp that my parents didn't love me because of what I did. Because Satan kept twisting those things. But my parents love me because of who I am. I'm their child. That's who I am. And so that's why they love me. Not because I did the right things. And we see that that's the same with God. Right? Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father. Right? I know you can't do it, Jesus says. But I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He will send you his spirit to walk beside you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, right? You and I aren't loved by Jesus because of what we do, because we keep His commandments. You and I are loved by Jesus because He did not leave you as an orphan, right? Through, through the waters of baptism, through the hearing of His Word, Jesus has come to you. He, is, he has brought you out of your orphanage and into His family. And He loves you because of who you are. You are His children. And and again, as He's talking to the disciples on this Monday Thursday, He's letting them know that He's going to leave them for a little bit, but He'll come back, right? And He does that for three days. He goes to the cross, He leaves them for a little bit, and then He comes back. But this isn't just spoken to the disciples for that three-day period. It's also for us today. Jesus is coming back. He will come to you. He he comes to us, again, in the waters of baptism, but He also comes to us in in His body and His blood, which has been broken and shed for you. He comes to you physically today. He comes to you in His Word. He comes to you through His Spirit, but He also is coming again, where He will raise you up to new life, where He will give you a new and perfect body, and, and He will raise up all of those who have had faith in Him throughout time, and space, right? This is the good news of Jesus. But again, sometimes as Satan likes to twist words, maybe you hear in the Bible or maybe you hear me saying, well, great, God will forgive all my sins, so why, so, so why should I do good? Right? If, if God's going to forgive me, what's the point of doing good today? Well, one is because he loves you right, if I, would have been, if I would have been understanding things correctly, like I should have wanted to do good things in my home and, 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 and around me, be, not to earn my parents' love, but because they have loved me, because they gave me such a great home, because they did these things, then I should want to go and return the favor to love them, to love those around me. And so really the question shouldn't be why should I do good things, but why shouldn't I do good? Why wouldn't I do good, after seeing the, the love that the Father has lavished on me. And one of my friends likes to, likes to say, life would be a lot easier if we would just be good people. Right? Just be good people. Now, will being good people earn your salvation? No. Will being good people make Jesus love you more? No. But will being good people help point other people to Jesus? Absolutely. 1 right? Peter says, right, who is there to harm you if you're zealous for doing good? Who is there to harm you if you just are going to be good people? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Right? We should just be good people. Not to, not to earn our salvation, but because God has saved us. There's, there's no harm in doing good. It's actually a blessing to not only you, but, but to those around you. And we should be such good people that, that, that somebody would come up to you and say, why are you so different? Why are you smiling when everything around you is ugly why are you caring for your neighbor when they don't deserve it? Why are you doing these things? And then we should be able to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. And again, the hope is not that I'm such a good person. The hope is Jesus has already brought me into his family. He, he, he has brought me out of orphanage and into a family that I belong and that I am loved, not because of what I do, but because of who I am. As as Christians, this should be our greatest goal, is that others would look at us and see how much we love. Sadly, if you talk to non-Christians too often, if if you ask them what do they think about the church, what do they they think about Christianity, uh, the words of love and hope and forgiveness aren't necessarily the first ones that come out of their mouth, but judgmental and angry. Right now, should we stand for things? Absolutely. Right? The voice of truth doesn't say, well, what's true for you doesn't necessarily mean it's true for them. Right? The voice of truth is true. But how should we speak those words of truth? With gentleness and respect. Too often we're known for uh, what we're against rather than what we're for. And so what would it look like in your life if you were such good people, again, not to earn anything, but such loving and caring people that people were coming up to you and asking, why, do you have, why are you different? Why do you have such great hope? And that you might be able to respond and, and point them, not to yourself, not to your good works, but to point them to Jesus. Right? Satan likes to twist things, and, and really what, he, what Satan realizes is that, that the, the most he can do, the worst he can do, is to make you an ineffective Christian. He's already failed with you. And so the, the best thing in his mind that he can do is to make you ineffective that your neighbor wouldn't know Jesus. Luther says it a little differently when he says, God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. Right? And so, again, your good works don't earn anything from God. They don't make him love you anymore, so why do good? Because your neighbor needs it. And, and again, if, if you look to, look to the parable of Jesus that Jesus tells of the Good Samaritan, your neighbor is the one who's in need. So it's not necessarily the people living around you, but who's the person in need? And, and the greatest need is Jesus in our world. And so what would it look like if we were such good people, if we loved Jesus so much, if we kept his commandments so well that people were asking us about the hope that we have and we were able to give a defense and point people to Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And right, as we go this week, let's, let's take the words of Jesus seriously. Let's, let's live out his commandments in such a way that then as, as we look to the words of Peter, in, that we would live out his commandments in such a way that, that people would be asking about the hope, the reason for the hope that we have and that we might be able to point them to Jesus. Let's be good people so that we can point people to to Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds and eyes focused on Jesus today and every day.